Shabbat Shalom, Body of Messiah. Mark Pulley here with Yahweh Yeshua Assembly in Fort Myers, Florida, bringing in you another teaching on this first day of the week. We pray that your Shabbat yesterday was awesome. You had a powerful day of rest, a powerful day of worship, and whatever Yahweh led you to do. And as we prepare for the Feast of Atonement, which is, according to my understanding, Monday sundown to Tuesday sundown. So we want to talk about the Feast of Atonement, but we want to apply it to the prophetic word that I shared yesterday on this channel. And that is what was, what is, and what will be. And we are going to apply that to this specific feast. And it applies, in principle, to all the feasts of Yahweh. There are what was, how the feasts were celebrated back in the original days of the Torah and Israel. Then there is the feasts that are statutes forever that are celebrated in the time in which we live or since the Messiah Yahshua came and redeemed us from our sins as our scapegoat and as the precious Passover lamb of Yahweh. And then in many applications there is what will be. There are future aspects which have not been fulfilled in some of the feasts, basically the Feast of Atonement, the Feast of uh, Trumpets, should have, I should have said Feast of Trumpets, Feast of Atonement, and Sukkot. There are prophetic and future applications of the fulfilling of those feasts, and that's where the word what will be will come in. So we're going to continue talking about what is or what was what is and what will be so let's first look at what was concerning the feast of atonement now i would encourage you i'm just gonna hit highlight scriptures just for time's sake but i would encourage you read everything you can find in the scripture concerning the feast of atonement now we're going to focus mostly on that Yahshua is our atonement. And we're going to focus on that He is our scapegoat. Yesterday we had a powerful Shabbat service where we talked about this. And I want to share this with you to give you some insights and some understanding and revelation if you already don't have it and if you do just to build upon your faith 
<coughs> that Yeshua, Yahshua, is our scapegoat. And for those that don't understand what that means, that's what this teaching's about. So, we start in Leviticus 16, verse 2, and it says, And Yahweh said to Moses, Speak to your brother Aaron, and he shall not come in at all times to the sanctuary within the veil to the front of the mercy seat. And so Yahweh was telling Moses that Aaron was not to come into the, to the mercy seat or the sanctuary anytime he wants. He couldn't do that. And his sons did that in verse 1, and the consuming fire of Yah consumed them. Now, that's what, what, what was. What is, is Yahshua told us that we can come boldly, in Hebrews 4, to the throne of grace. And we can petition Yahweh, and we will receive whatever we petition Him from. We will receive the grace that is necessary. So what was, you couldn't come in, except when Yah said you could come in, and that was one day of the year. And what is, because of Yahshua, we can now boldly come to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, drop down to verse 6. And Aaron shall bring near the bull of the sin offering, which is his own, and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. Now, in these verses throughout the scriptures that we're going to go over today, I want you to notice the word atonement or the word atone. The word atonement means a day of cover. Yom Kippur means, in Hebrew, to cover. Hallelujah. Alright? So, in verse 6, Yah tells Aaron to bring the bull of the sin offering, which is his own, and shall make atonement for his house. And he shall take the two male goats, and, and shall cause him to stand before the door of Yahweh at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron shall give lots over the male, two male goats, one lot for Yahweh and one lot for the scapegoat. And you're going to see that one goat was meant to be sacrificed to Yahweh and that they took the blood from that goat and from the bull and they sprinkled it all over the mercy seat around it everywhere they possibly could and then the other goat you're gonna see is what the Bible calls the scapegoat now that word scapegoat in Hebrew means a complete removal. A complete removal. 
You might want to write that down in your Bible in this verse so that, because we're going to come back to it, that the scapegoat was a, meant a complete removal. And we're going to go to Isaiah 53 where our sin, our sickness, our disease, our afflictions, our pains, our curses were put upon Messiah Yahshua. Alright? And that He completely removed them. Hallelujah! He completely removed them out of your life. Just like here, we're going to read that Aaron laid his hands on the scapegoat and placed all the sin and iniquity and lawlessness, all the covenant breaking, all the idolatry, all the fornication, whatever else Israel did upon this scapegoat. And then they sent the scapegoat out into the wilderness to die. He completely removed all the sin from Israel and it was placed upon this scapegoat. In the same way, all our sin, and the scripture says, as well as afflictions and infirmities, were placed on the scapegoat, Yahshua. And he completely removed them. Now remember in Matthew 8, verse 16 and 17, Yahshua healed an individual. And he said this was to fulfill what was written in Isaiah 53. That by his stripes we were healed. And so, what was completely removed was every aspect of sin and the effects of sin. Poverty, fear, insecurity, heart disease, lupus, arthritis, the curse of, of, and the oppression of old age, where people, when they get older, they tend, some get oppressed because they're not enjoying life like they used to be because their body's not functioning the way it used to be. Well, Yahshua is your scapegoat, and He completely removed that off your life. Yes, we are to age, but that doesn't mean our bodies have to break down. That doesn't mean our, we, we lose our minds or lose our memories, have Alzheimer's. No, He completely removed them, and that is to those that have accepted Yahshua, and live according to His laws and commandments. Now, if you don't live according to His laws and commandments, you don't qualify. You may say you believe. You may say you believe in the Messiah. You may even call Him JC. 
You may even call him Yahshua. But if you don't obey his laws and commandments, to the best of your ability, we're not talking about legalistical perf perfection, we're talking about obeying from the heart. You know, I'll give you a good example. Um, I only get 12 days a week of vacation a year, and, and we're planning a vacation at the end of October, and I was going to take the balance of my vacation then, and then I realized I did not plan for the Feast of Atonement. And so I switched two of my days just to make it a longer uh, time off from Friday and go back to work Wednesday. And so I made that adjustment. Why? Because in my heart, I want to keep Yahweh's feast. And I will do whatever I can possibly do to obey the, those feasts. Because they are a statute forever. So I would encourage you, whether it's the Sabbath, whether it's a feast day, which the Sabbath is a feast day, but it's a weekly, a weekly feast, that you keep, to the best of your ability, all Yahweh's laws and commandments. Why? Because He's your scapegoat. And we are to live how He lived. We are set apart to obey His laws and commandments. To be a witness to the pagan world around us. That when people look at us, they know that we are Torah observant. We are Hebrew. We are following Yahweh and Yahshua, the Son of the Most High. Not some pagan deity. Not paganism. Not some false religion. But what the Bible says. From the beginning through Revelation. Alright. Let's continue. And verse 10. And the goat on which the lot fell for a complete removal. Underline that. A complete removal shall be made to stand living before Yahweh to atone to it. Notice the word atone. To send it away for a complete removal into the wilderness. Now, this is something interesting. I haven't researched it. I haven't had much time to pray about it and go to the Father concerning it. But it says that the scapegoat was sent out into the wilderness. Remember in Luke 4 and Matthew 4 when Yah's Spirit led Yahshua into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted of the devil. Is there a connection? I tell you that everything Yahshua did, he did according to what was written in the Torah and in the prophets. He didn't do anything that he just came up with on his own. So I believe there's a connection <clears throat> and that's just something to think about, something to pray about, something to look into. Okay? And then, and again, it was a complete removal of the sin 
So it doesn't matter what you've done in your life. When you've turned to Yahweh, when you've turned and accepted the Messiah, and you begin to learn His laws and commandments, whatever you did was completely removed. And the curse that came because of that sin is also completely removed. Blessed is the man who fears Yahweh and delights greatly in His commandments. If you listen and hearken diligently unto the voice of Yahweh and obey all His commandments, then all these blessings will come upon you. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> in Romans 3.25... Referring to Yahshua's sacrifice for sin, Paul was connecting what Yahshua did to the Feast of Atonement. And Yom Kippur means to cover. It also means a sacrifice for atonement. Or complete removal. So the Apostle Paul was connecting the Feast of Atonement to what Yahshua did on the stake. And that it was a sacrifice, what Yahshua did was a sacrifice for atonement, complete removal. Complete removal. So, you know, I go through things where I think about stupid things I did in the past. He completely removed it. It's only the accuser of the brethren that's bringing it up. Now, these two goats are both representative of the Messiah. One goat shows the dying Messiah or what Messiah did on the stake. And the other goat reveals a complete removal of that sin. Now, I have seen and read some teachings, and I believe this applies as well, that the goat represents satanic forces, Satan himself, Azazel. And... The reason the sin was placed on that goat, and remember all satanic pictures of the evil one, many occultic symbols use the goat. So that's something to, to understand. Now, when he placed all the sin, transferred all the sin, the high priest did, upon this goat and send it out into the wilderness to completely remove it. And it does represent the evil one because the evil one will try to come back and remind you and tried to, would try to remind Israel of their sin, but then Israel can say no, on the Feast of Atonement, it was completely removed. We can say that's what was and what is. We can say 
No. On the stake, Yahshua completely removed it. So, Satan, I'll not accept your condemnation or your trying to bring back the sin, the guilt of the sin, the condemnation of the sin, the punishment of the sin. I'll not accept it because it's been completely removed. Now, let's continue. And Aaron shall bring the bull of the sin offering, which is his own, and shall atone for himself, again, notice the word atone, and for his house, and shall kill the bull of the sin offering, which is his own. Okay, that's what was. That's what they had to do back in those days. But we don't have to do that. Hebrews 9 says, and Hebrews 7 says that Yahshua made atonement. Once and for all. It's done. And verse 15. And he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is the people's, and shall bring in its blood to the inside of the veil, and shall do with its blood as he has done with the blood of the bull, and shall sprinkle it on the mercy seat and at the front of the mercy seat. And he shall atone, there's that word again, completely remove it, for the sanctuary because of the pollutions of the sons of Israel and because of their transgressions for all their sins. See, it's so important to understand what was, meaning in the Torah, concerning the feasts. Because you cannot fully understand what is until you understand what was, because what was was a prophetic picture, and all the feasts are pointing to Yahshua. Yahshua's involved in all the feasts. And the and Israel knew that all the feasts pointed to the Messiah. So when the Messiah came, it doesn't mean that those feasts were done away with. It means they just have a new meaning. There's just something been added to the feasts that we need to understand. And we need not ignore what was and just focus on what is. No, we need a complete balance. Of what was, what is, and what will be. We need to understand all of it. Just like, you know, you're, you're mixing, you know, making some kind of food. You can't leave out an ingredient, otherwise it's not going to work. Same way, if you don't understand what was, you cannot appreciate what is. And in the same way, if you've been and have grown up in learning what is, you won't fully comprehend it until you understand what was. And then you will be able to see also what will be. All right, and so he shall do for the tens of many dwelling in the midst of their pollutions. 
for time's sake, just keep, uh, you know, read all this and it will verify what I'm trying to share. But I want to show you this, verse 29, And it shall be for a never-ending statue, the Feast of Atonement, and all Yah's feasts. In the seventh month, in the tenth day of the month, you shall humble yourself and do no work, the native and the alien who is staying in your midst, that is, the native-born and the grafted-in. For on this day he shall atone for you to cleanse you from all your sins. You shall be clean before Yahweh, and it is a Sabbath rest to you, and you shall humble yourselves, and it is a never-ending statute. Never-ending. Never-ending means never-ending. It did not end. Yeshua did not end it. He added to it. Remember in uh, Matthew 5, when he would teach, the Torah says, you shall not say lust after someone. You should not commit adultery. Then he said, and I say unto you, if you even look at her to lust after her, you've committed adultery. And in that, that chapter, he, he took the Torah to another level. He did not end it. He took it to another level. He lived by it. The apostles lived by it. The first 300 years of the, of the body lived by it. And Yeshua said that he did not come to do away with the law and the commandments, the Torah, the prophets. He came to fulfill them. That word fulfill doesn't mean end. Doesn't mean to do away with. And then he said, that if you don't keep them the le and you don't teach them, you won't even be considered in the kingdom. That's what the Hebrew says. Read Matthew 5, 17 through 19 and you'll, you'll understand it. Well, let's just continue. Verse 33. And he shall atone. Okay, again, there's that word. For the holy sanctuary... For the tabernacle of the congregation, for the altar, he shall atone. Yes, for the priests, for all the people of the congregation, he shall atone. And this shall be to you a never-ending statute to atone for the sons of Israel because of all their sins once a year. And he did as Yahweh had commanded Moses. Now the awesome thing. is that we don't have to wait once a year for atonement or forgiveness or for our sin to be completely removed. You and I today, because of what Yahshua did on the stake and because of Yah's Spirit who dwells within us, as soon as we sin, usually or shortly thereafter, you are convicted of righteousness. Yahweh says, or your conscience says, or on the inside of you, you knew you just missed it. And so, 
you repent and we don't need to wait until the, the Feast of Atonement in September, October. Now let's turn real quickly and let's just go over some things about what is. Okay, that was how or what was the celebration of the Feast of Atonement and how the children of Israel kept it. Now, let's look at some things that are important to understand concerning what is. Verse 7 of Hebrews 9. But into the second, the high priest goes alone once in the year. Now, it's, it's going over what was. Not without blood, which he offers for himself and the ignorances of the people. Verse 9. And it was a symbol for that time. It was a symbol for that time. During which oblation and sacrifices were offered that could not make perfect the conscience of him who offered them. The Feast of Atonement in the way that it was done in the Torah could not make your conscience perfect. It took Yahshua to do that. And it says in verse 11, But Messiah having appeared as a high priest of the coming good things through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, nor through the blood of goats, and we understand why it says that now, and of calves, but through his own blood, entered once for all into the Holy of Holies, having obtained for us everlasting salvation. Understand that. Yahshua, you don't have to wait till you die to know that you've obtained salvation. He says that Yahshua, having obtained salvation for, uh, for us, having obtained everlasting salvation. Now, if you read in Colossians 1.14, the Apostle Paul connected the salvation of Yahweh and of Yahshua to the Feast of Atonement, and he says, in whom we have obtained eternal salvation or eternal redemption for us. Yahshua obtained eternal redemption for us. So, in whom... Colossians says, meaning in Yahshua, Yahshua obtained eternal salvation for us. Now, that is one, if you have accepted the contract, the covenant that the bridegroom has given to the bride, that's you and I, and then you begin to prepare yourself for the return of the bridegroom by keeping Yahweh's laws and commandments. 
By learning Yahweh's laws and commandments. By loving Yahweh's laws and commandments. And you keep preparing and you keep preparing and you keep preparing until He fulfills John 14 when He comes to receive you, whether it's at death or whether it's us being caught up together to meet Him in the air. Hallelujah. Now, back to Hebrews 9. It says, For if the blood of bulls and goats, verse 13, and the sprinkling of ashes of a heifer, on those having been defiled, sanctifies them to the purity of the flesh, how much more? How much more? How much more the blood of Messiah, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to Yahweh, will purify your conscience from dead works to serve the living Elohim. For this reason, He became the mediator of the new covenant that he might by his death be redemption to them who had transgressed the first covenant so that they who are called to the eternal inheritance might receive the promise. Hallelujah. Look in verse 20. This is the blood of the covenant which is ordained to you by Yahweh. Yahshua is your covering. He completely removed your sin. And like I said, we need to... Here, we can turn there real quickly. Isaiah 53. And we need to see that this just doesn't apply to sin, but it applies to affliction, sickness, disease, curses, poverty, all that. It says in Isaiah 53, verse 4, Surely He has borne our sicknesses. When did He do that? When He completely removed them. The word bore means to remove to a far distance. So he completely removed our sicknesses. And he carried our pain, whether it's emotional, psychological, physical. He removed to a far distance. That was what carried means. He completely removed it according to the feast of atonement and what atonement means. He completely removed it. He put it on the goat, Yahshua, and Yahshua bore it. And it ended on the goat. Hallelujah. And then it says, Yet we esteemed him plagued, smitten by Elohim, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement 
of our wholeness or peace, shalom, was upon Him, and with His wounds ourselves are healed. Hallelujah. Now look in verse 10. But Yahweh pleased to crush him, Yahshua, to make him sick. Hallelujah. To make him sick. I'm reading out of the, out of the Hebraic Roots Bible. So that if he should put his soul as a guilt offering, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the will of Yahweh, of Yahweh shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the life of light, the fruit of the travail of his soul. He shall be fully satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify for many. My righteous servant is Yahshua. And he shall bear their iniquities. You can read John 8.12. Uh, let's just go there. John 8.12. See what it says? Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12. It says, whoops. One more page. And it says, Then Yahshua spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. The one following me. And when we follow him, we are obeying his laws and commandments. We are keeping his Shabbat, his feast days. We are following uh, all his instructions to the best of our ability. The one following me will in no way walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He says, when you follow me, you will not walk in darkness. You will have, and then you just connect, eternal salvation. Back to Isaiah 53, 12. Because of this, this is what is. We read what was, this is what is. Because of this, I will divide to him, with the great and with the strong, he shall divide the spoil. Because he poured out his soul to death, and he was counted with those transgressing, he bore the sin of many and made intercession for transgressor, transgressors. That's what Yahshua did. Now, here's a couple other verses that you can look up and then we'll get into what will be that's connected to the Feast of Atonement. See that prophetic word, when Yahweh speaks to you, you may not, I didn't understand what he was talking about, but he then shows it. What was, what, what is, and what will be all has to do with the Feast. If the only way we celebrate the feast is focused on what was, you're totally missing it. And if, if you ignore the feast and just focus on what Yeshua did on the stake, you're also missing it. 
And if you focus on what will be, meaning Yahshua's judgment day, Yah's judgment day, and wrath, and that, and you don't focus on what was, you're also missing it. See, we need a proper balance. In the book of Proverbs, I believe it's 15, maybe verse 1, it says that a proper balance, a just weight, brings Yah honor. We need to be properly balanced. All right. In Ephesians 1 verse 7, this is to confirm more about what is, that we have obtained eternal salvation. That's what it said that Yeshua did on the stake in the book of Hebrews. That was also what Paul said in Colossians. And it's also what Paul is saying as he's ministering to the people of Ephesus. Now remember, in Colossians, Paul's ministering to people that have just come out of pagan idolatry, pagan sin, pagan worship. And he's letting them know that in Yahshua, you have eternal redemption. As long as you've accepted him and you follow him, which means to obey his laws and commandments. And then he says, he, he gives kind of the same teaching to the people of Ephesus. Why? Because they too were involved in paganism. They too were worshiping a plurality of deities and involved in, in worship of idols and, and sexual immorality in pagan temples. And he said to them, In him, Yahshua, we have redemption through his blood. Hallelujah. That in Yahshua, we have redemption. Now, the thing that really struck home to me, and I know there's a lot of Torah people that believe because of, I think it's Matthew 24, that says if you, you have to endure to the end to be saved. That's talking about during the tribulation. We're not going to be here. It's, and even if we were, if you continue following Yahweh's laws and commandments, you will be rescued. All right? This says, this isn't talking about um, the tribulation. This is talking about what Yeshua did on the stake, that he obtained eternal salvation for you. That doesn't mean once saved, always saved, and then you can go live any way you want to. No, that's, that's a pagan man-made tradition. Yahshua obtained eternal redemption, salvation for you. And if you continue in the faith, if you continue following Yahweh, if you continue worshiping Yahshua and following Him and obeying Him and living your life as He lived, obeying the Torah, obeying the prophets, then you can be guaranteed that you have obtained eternal salvation. Now, if you turn away, well, you know, you're in serious trouble. You are in serious trouble. All right.
Now in Acts 3.19, look at this. This is also good. It says, repent and turn to Yahweh so that your sins might be wiped out or completely removed. You have to repent and turn to Yahweh. And when you turn to Yahweh, you are turning to His instructions. You are turning to His laws, His commandments, His way He said to live. It's totally opposite the way the world lives. It's totally opposite the way pagan religions live. They have appearance of righteousness, but they don't have the full power thereof. We need to repent and turn to Yahweh. That means we change direction and we turn to Yahweh. We start living according to His laws and commandments. And when you do, your sins will be completely removed. Hallelujah. So now, that is what is. So we talked about what was. We talked about what is. And now we're going to talk about what will be. And if you turn to Isaiah... 63, and we're just for time's sake, we're going to go over just a few scriptures, but I'll, I'll tell you the other scriptures to look at so that you can have a good foundation of what will be. The Feast of Atonement has a future prophetic application. That has not been fulfilled. Now, there has been, in part, a fulfillment by Yeshua on the Feast of Atonement, on the atonement side of things. On the atonement side of things. But now, there's another part of atonement, the Feast of Atonement, that has not been fulfilled, and it's called the Day of Yahweh. When Yahshua comes back as the Lion of the tribe of Judah to execute vengeance, to execute vengeance upon the wicked, upon the pagan nations, upon those that serve false deities, upon those that um, willingly and willfully disobeyed Yahweh's laws and commandments. Um, here, you can look. I know I told you to turn to Isaiah 63. Keep your finger there. Look at Isaiah 34. And this is about the day of Yahweh. The judgment that's part of the Feast of Atonement. Verse 2. For the wrath of Yahweh is on all nations, and fury on all their army. And he has devoted them, and he gave them to slaughter. Verse 8. For the day, this, it doesn't say days, for the day of vengeance is to Yahweh, and the year of repayments for Zion's cause. Restoration. So, part of the Feast of Atonement 
is what will be. It's in the future. That Yahweh and Yahshua is going to return to execute vengeance upon the heathen. Yahweh's wrath on earth is called the day of Yahweh in Scripture. And when you look in chapter 35, verse 4, it's a say to those of a hasty heart, be strong, do not fear, behold, your Elohim will come with vengeance, with the full dealing of Elohim, he will come, Yahshua, and save you. Now, something, we'll get to Isaiah 63, that's interesting. In Isaiah 61, remember when Yahshua, in Luke 4, 18, talked about the anointing being upon him to preach the gospel, set the captives free, so on and so forth. Remember that? He, in verse 2 of Isaiah 61, it says to proclaim the acceptable year of Yahweh. And Yeshua said that. But he did not say, and the day of vengeance of our Elohim. Why didn't he say that in Luke 4.18? The reason is because that wasn't what he was there to do at that time. At that time, he came to make atonement. At that time, he came to restore. At that time, he came to heal. At that time, he came to completely remove your and my sin, your and my sickness and diseases, so that we could live a long life, and even if we're lived to be 150, we enjoy those years, not burdened down with pains and diseases and crippledness, but to enjoy them. Yes, our, our hair is getting gray and our beards are turning white and, you know, some of us, like myself, lost our hair. But we're still living healthy, whole, sound and complete. That's the atonement of Yahshua. And we need to understand that. And I know a lot of Torah people do not teach this. They do not believe it. They make fun of people who believe in divine health. Who teach divine health. Who teach divine life. The Yahweh wants you blessed coming in and blessed going out. He wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And like a minister said years ago that I heard in Christianity, if you don't believe it, you don't have to worry about it. You'll never experience it. And that is sad. You say you're a Torah believer, then believe all that is in the prophets. The prophets said that by his stripes, our sin and our sickness and disease would be completely removed by the goat, and we know the goat is Yahshua. And it will be removed to a far distance. And we know that Yahshua paid the price on the stake to remove it. Hallelujah. I had to get that in there so that 
people would, <clears throat> would hear this and begin to look at the scriptures as they are written, not according to the tradition that people were brought up in. And many in Torah were brought up in mainline denominational Judaism tradition. And we need to continue in the Feast of Unleavened Bread having Yahweh purge us of wrong teaching and Yahshua completely remove our sin and he even said that he healed people to fulfill what was written and then he quoted Isaiah I mean yeah Isaiah 53 and so we need to receive that and believe it alright so we see here that Yeshua did not mention the day of vengeance because that's something that's going to take place on the day of Yahweh. And so that word, what was, what is, and what will be, what will be on the Feast of Atonement is what we are looking for futuristically, Yah's wrath coming upon pagan nations and the wicked. In Isaiah 63, it says, verse 4, For the, you can read verses 1 through 6 to get context. The day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed has come. Now, let me give you some other verses to look up. Um, Zephaniah is a good one. Here, Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse 14 and 15. Let me just turn there real, real quickly. Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 14 and it says the great day of Yahweh is near. It is near and, and quick it is coming quick, quickly. Even the voice of the day of Yahweh, the mighty man shall cry bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess. A day of clouds and thick darkness. A day of the trumpet and alarm against the fenced cities and against the high towers. And I will bring distress upon men, and they shall walk like blind men. They shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against Yahweh. And their blood shall be poured out as dust, and their flesh as the dung. Neither their silver nor gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of Yahweh's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. For he shall make even a speedy riddance of all them 
that dwell in the land. So this is what's going to take place on the day of Yahweh. We're not going to be involved in it as far as on the receiving side of it. We've been redeemed. We have eternal salvation. We will be on Yahweh's side. Why? Because we've accepted Yahshua and we live according to His laws and commandments. Hallelujah. Now, you can read 2 Thessalonians 1, 5-10. We didn't have time to get to it. Luke 21, verse 22 says, These are the days of vengeance when all things that have been written are to be fulfilled. What is written, what we just read in Isaiah, what we just read in Zephaniah, and there are other scriptures. So I pray that this gives you some enlightenment, some insight about what is or what was, what is and what will be concerning the Feast of Atonement. It is a forever statute. We are to keep it. We're just not to keep what was, but we are to keep what was and what is. Now we don't do all that what was because Yahshua is our atonement. And we are looking forward to the day where Yahshua returns with the day in the day of Yahweh and that he restores or he brings his vengeance for all the wickedness. But our prayer is that pray people would turn to Yahweh, turn to his laws and commandments, and escape that vengeance. Hallelujah. So Father, we thank you for this word. We pray that you would take this word around the world, that people would understand it, and that you would give us greater insight and revelation. And we thank you for it. And Father, we just love you. We praise you. We thank you for all your feasts. And they are a statute forever. If you want to connect with us, we have a website, YahwehYahshuaAssembly.com. We have a Facebook page and a group after the same name. We also, you can connect with me, Mark Pulley, on Facebook as well. Until next time, Yahweh bless you. Be faithful and keep his, his feast days. Yahweh make his face shine upon you. Yahweh give you great peace. And remember, he has completely removed your sin, the effects of your sin. He has completely removed on the goat, Yahshua, your sin, your curse, your poverty, your fear, your anxiety, your sickness, and your disease so that you can enjoy life and that life more abundantly. Until next time, Yahweh bless you. Shalom, shalom.